It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Testy Thursday. Testy. Why do I say testy? Because I'm going to warn you. I've been driving this stuff all week. You know, I'm from Chicago. I lived in a ski town in the Rocky Mountains in Steamboat. I know how to drive this stuff. These conditions right now, at this very moment, are the worst since the snow started on Sunday night. That's the truth. These conditions are the trickiest. That little layer of melted ice along with this little, I don't know what this is, misty uh, stuff that turns to ice and slippery as soon as it lands has made stuff tricky. Now, I will tell you, 240 is okay. So if you have to go out, the highway itself is good. But, like, my feeder to the highway is Walnut Grove. I will not be taking Walnut Grove back home. Walnut Grove is a slip and slide right now. I saw one accident at, at uh, Mendenhall and Mount Mer- and uh, uh, Walnut Grove. Um, and you really have to know how to drive it. It's slick. Really tough. You can't go faster than 15 to 20, even if you're in the groove spots of of the street. And when you have to go off on it, it gets very tricky. Uh, I, I will tell you um, here at Ridgeway and Mount Moriah, I had, there was an ambulance that was heading. Um, it would be heading to the, uh, I guess you would say the West on, Rid, on, on Mount Moriah, making a right by the car wash there to go to the north on Ridgeway. And if you try to get in the right lane to make the right turn, you're going to slide all over. I thought an ambulance was going to, was going to slide right into me. Uh, thank goodness it did not. But stay in the grooves. Whether you're making a right or a left, stay in the grooves and then make your turn. That's just a word of warning on this stuff. But, again, this is the trickiest. So if you can stay at home, thank God – and I don't really always say this, but schools closed, it, it was imperative. So this is, is the worst stuff, and it's it, probably going to be that way through tomorrow, uh, at least in the morning, until it – I don't even know what the forecast totally is in the afternoon. If it finally melts, great. But this is really tricky now. So please, folks, I implore you, stay home if you can. If you got to go out, be incredibly careful. Um a lot of basketball action tonight. Tigers at home. Six o'clock earlier game. Grizz later at nine. Grizz at Minnesota. Pete Prenica is going to join us here in roughly four minutes. We'll chat with him. Um, by the way, a lot more to go before the Grizzlies are streaming on Prime next year. Pete really can't talk about it 
because he is an employee of Bally's, and it's put him in a tough position. So I'm not even going to ask Pete about the TV deal. But I do know this. Uh, the Commercial Appeal and the Daily Memphian that have run with stories on this, there's a lot of I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed before the deal is made where you'll have to have streaming from Prime in order to get the Grizzlies next year. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. My hunch is it will. But there's a long way to go on this. So that is not a given. Mike McCarthy gets another year in Dallas, I think to a lot of our surprise. Russell Copeland will be with us to talk about that. And then final segment of the show, we'll talk Tigers USF a little bit uh, with our good friend Jarvis Greer, who uh, I guess we can also talk a little bit about the Prime and Grizz and Gigi Jackson and what he has done. So that should be a lot of fun. That's sort of what the show is like. Uh, Zach Boyd, real quick, are you, you're a big diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, correct? That's correct. All right. You happy or are you sad Mike McCarthy is staying? I, I don't feel any type of way about it. Oh, I don't know if that's good or not. That's, that's Wouldn't you problem. be excited about <laughs> it that you got – you know, he did win 12 games for you, and he's won two NFC East in the last three years for you. I appreciate that. I really do. But I, I, I would love, at least in my lifetime, to get to – at least an NFC Championship game. We had we had the pathway to get there. We had it, but I'm hoping we can get to I, at least an NFC Championship. You game. know what? I'm not sure. In the end, when it came to playoff time, stopping the run and everything else, that Dan Quinn's defense was good enough. Now Dan Quinn's probably going to be out of there. He could be a head coach somewhere. Although the end of the year and and the playoffs did not help his stock. Either. All of that will be up for discussion with our good friend Russell Copeland here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, there are so many coaches out there that that, that make it interesting. Um, I, I really thought that he could go after Vrabel. I, I kind of thought Mike Vrabel was going to be the coach of the Cowboys. Mike Vrabel had a place to go or he would not have forced his ouster in my estimation, to leave da- uh, Tennessee. Now, now I think there was some mutuality to the separation, but you know, if he had played nice guy, um, what's Adam's first name? The the she's the patriarch uh, matriarch of the family now. She's got the team. Whatever whatever her first name is, she got really, I think, insulted by him. And basically, because they could have traded and got something for him to the team that he ends up going to. They get nothing now because they fired him. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where Vrabel will end up, but maybe our man Russell Copeland knows. That will be fun to watch. You know, the Grizzlies are in an interesting position here. They find themselves now five games back of the play-in. But they're the sixth worst record in the NBA. That's a tough position to be in. I don't know that they could slip any worse than six, though. So where? how do you play the rest of this year out, especially with all those injuries? Pete Pronica will let us know in just a little bit. I'm sitting in the Family Leisure Studio, and a reminder to you, they have the floor model sale happening right now where you can get 
All floor model patio sets priced to move, like the wicker sofa sets, under two grand. There's closeout on the cushions. Never seen anything for $25 in there. That's great. Used to be you could get chlorine for that amount of money. Now it's like five times the amount of money. Pool tables under $1,500. Theater seating under two grand. It's the time to go check it out. Be safe if you go, because it's slick out there. But Family Leisure is open and ready for you at I-40 and Widden Road. And you know our title sponsor, that's Genesis of Olive Branch, right in the heart of Olive Branch. And by the way, they're going to move from that location at Craft Road and Highway 78, Lamar. They're moving to downtown in, I, I think, about a year, maybe less. We'll keep you updated on that. But right now, the Genesis of Olive Branch is featuring the the SUVs, the GV70, the smaller one, the GV80, with all the bells and whistles, every technological toy that there is to automobiles, they got it in that Genesis car. And the one to talk about it with is Vinny Gerard, the crazy Canadian. This is his kind of weather. He loves those luxury cars. He loves talking Genesis. He'll love talking to you with incentives on the SUV, the GV70, the GV80. Go see Vinny at Genesis of Olive Branch. Let's head to Minneapolis, where it it may not be as nasty as it is here right now. Good morning, Pete Pranica. How are you? I I am fine. Yeah, the temperatures are single digits, but the but the roads are clear. And when we landed at the airport last night, there was less snow in Minneapolis than uh, than there is in Memphis right now. Well, I, I, I will tell you, as I've just mentioned before, but I, I think it bears repeating several more times today. This is the trickiest of the driving since the snow arrived on Sunday. It is nasty and slick out there. So, folks, again, be real careful. Um, so let, let me ask you a little bit about the latest story, and that is G.G. Jackson. Uh, Michael Wallace, who is the uh one of the guys over Grind City Media made this comment on air where he stated, G.G. Jackson is clearly the best prospect the Grizz have had since John Morant. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think I, I would. I would. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I happened to be sitting next to a college assistant coach flying out to Vegas for summer league last year, and we were chatting about various players, and it was his opinion that, you know, Gigi Jackson would benefit from real solid structure and coaching mm-hmm. that he went to South Carolina and South Carolina was so thrilled to have him that it was kind of like, okay, just go out there and play. And, you know, a lot of people felt that that year in South Carolina didn't turn out as well as it should have. And he uh, really has blossomed, I think, and it's a great credit to Jason March and what they're doing in South Haven with the Memphis Hustle. This is a kid who is very... Uh, curious and is coachable, and I know watching him at Summer League, he was always asking questions, he was trying to learn, um, and I think as you saw on the uh, the interview, if those that saw the clip on TNT, very respectful, uh, you know, and just and just happy to hear uh, Shaquille O'Neal's voice. So yeah, I, I think there's yeah, there's tremendous upside, and I think people may have stayed away from him because there were some uh, less than complimentary things said about his one year in South Carolina, but. I think once you get him into a good program, I think he's I think he's a good kid uh, that's coachable and wants to be great. And uh, so, yeah, I think he's he's an absolutely outstanding prospect. And 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 we saw it on a national stage uh, on Monday. Uh, I, I I did watch him on TNT with with the interview and was taken aback at his uh, humbleness and his uh, ability to articulate. 
I, I really was impressed with that. I, I am impressed with this game. The only reason I put my brakes on enthusiasm is a couple of reasons. One, he is a second-round draft choice. There was a reason for that. I don't know if it was age, immaturity, or, or work ethic that was questioned, maybe some statements on social media. I can't remember what it was that cost him, but that worries you a little bit. The second thing is, um, and it's just timing, because he sure looks good, but Vince Williams comes along, right? And now he's the same kind of a guy where, like, out of nowhere, you've got this guy and everybody goes, oh, he's the next really good thing. And then two weeks later, after this guy signs his deal, here comes Gigi Jackson playing only because you're so decimated that you're going, wait a second, I got to see a much bigger sample size before I really buy this totally. But when you watch the guy play, and I think as he went to South Carolina, he was a really – incredibly high prospect, it, it it makes you wonder. I'm confused by the whole situation, really. Yeah, and, and in talking with this college coach, he told me, and, and I have no way of corroborating one way or the other, he told me that Gigi Jackson's pro day was not very good. Hmm. And that may, that may have scared some people off. I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. Um, but obviously the Grizzlies saw something and, and saw value in him. And look, Memphis has always been very confident in their ability to take low draft picks and turn them into really good players. Um, you know, Desmond Bain was the 30th overall no, pick. No doubt yeah. Desmond Bain was incredible. I so, think Brandon Clark is another one of those. Exactly, and or even Dylan Brooks for that matter, oh, yeah. when you think True. about yeah. it. So, so th- this franchise has always been very confident in its ability to take raw talent and to mold them into NBA players. And one of the particular gifts that Taylor Jenkins has is he can identify with the staff where a guy can have the most impact and you know last year we'd see Vince Williams come up from the G League and you know he would play in mop-up time and first thing he'd do is you know shoot a three we never really got to see everything that he could do and and they they sat down with him and they said look if you want to be an NBA player if you want a full NBA contract your best route to do that is to be a dogged defender the offense is going to come along but if you really want to stay in this league you can be a, a good defender. He was a good defender at VCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but they, they just felt that, look, this is how you are going to make your way in the NBA. And the follow-on to that in talking with the staff is that Vince was totally bought in. Like, yes, sir, I, then defense is where it's going to be my calling card. And so he totally bought in and worked his butt off to get to this point. And the deal he, he signed, that is very generous to the Chris. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I think... And Vince always plays with a smile on his face unless he's guarding you, and then there might be a little bit of a snarl. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're thrilled to have him. You know, both of those guys are really, really good guys. And you see Gigi on the road, and it's always yes, sir, and no, sir, and uh, shaking your hand and looking you in the eye. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're just two good quality people and, and two really good stories right now. They are really good stories, and now we're going to get enough sample size to really see it. The Grizzlies are totally committed to Williams. We'll see if they are to Gigi Jackson uh, af- after these the second half of the season plays out because that's where we are and the Grizz find themselves five games back from the play-in but they also find themselves with the sixth worst record in the league this is a tough position to be in how do you think the Grizz proceed well I mean there, there are a lot of ways that you could proceed I mean the you know, trade deadline is coming up are you trying you know to make the play-in this year and, and you're going to be hamstrung because Marcus Smart's going to be will be reevaluated in six weeks in, yeah. in, like, in, in, in six weeks Jake Larrabee will be reevaluated in three weeks there's no timetable uh, no official timetable on Brandon Clark there's no official timetable 
uh, on Derrick Rose. And so you're, you're kind of working with an, an amorphous timetable here. Uh, and also, you know, what will the Grizzlies do in terms of injury exceptions? Are they going to be bringing in some 10-day guys? Obviously, they already brought in Scotty Pippen Jr. on a two-way deal. Well, that was um, a two-year deal, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was a two two year two way deal. Yeah, two um, year at, two way deal. So doesn't that 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 means you're commit? I know he's not committed to play for you at the upper right. level, but you've committed to this guy for a couple of years, didn't you? Yeah. So I mean, there's there's an opportunity there to develop in, him in South Haven, and certainly now with the fact that you know Luke Kennard was was in the box score as, as your point guard uh, on on Monday, and. You know, so if you don't start Jacob Gilliard, and there's also the issue with Jacob Gilliard is that uh, I have to look up exactly how many games he's played, but G League players are only available to you if they're on a two-way contract for 50 games. So, you know, you're going to be looking at, at, at numbers that you're going to have to juggle as well. Wow. You know, there's just no way to project that you're going to lose John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, and Derrick Rose all at the same time, for a decent period of time, like that's impossible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so somebody pointed out, you know, the big the big banner on the side of FedEx Farm, and you know, four of the five guys aren't aren't available to you. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're missing. You know, Desmond Bain before he got injured was scoring 22 percent of the Grizzlies' points, which is the fifth largest share in the NBA. I mean, he's in the company of guys like. Jalen Brunson and Kevin Durant with the share of scoring he does for his team, and that that's a huge chunk of offense to have to replace. Um, you mentioned trade deadline; it is looming. Do you expect the Grizzlies to make any kind of moves, center, backup, point guard? Where do you see moves made if there are? Uh, you know, again, it, it depends how you want to approach the season, and also what are you going to do about a big? I mean, is Gigi Jackson going to stay? With, with, with the big team, or is he going to be you know in South Haven, or are you going to try to bring in a big on a 10-day contract? And also, the Grizzlies would, would probably be applying for injury exceptions. Those have to be approved by the NBA, and then what do you do with that? So, I mean, it's, it's a Rubik's Cube right now for, for Zach Kleiman, and uh, I, I think there are some <laughs> a lot of heavy-duty discussions about, okay, how do we want to approach this? Because we're dealing with, as I said, a very amorphous time frame for, for a lot of things. I could very easily see just going, you know, we're going to sit, Brandon. Why, why take a chance? Wait for Steven. Um, he's coming back. He's young enough where he's still going to be really good in that position. It's more about strength than it is quickness anyway. Um, you know, wait for Ja. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let Marcus play a little bit just to get in shape, but that's not critical. And you could tank the year. I, I know everybody hates that word, but that's the reality of it. However, I don't think you're going to improve your your draft position much. The the way you are, you're pretty well locked in at number six worst record. That would that would that would seem to be the case. I think what you're trying at this point is you're trying to develop as many guys as you possibly can. I C G Jackson, um, and you know, and, and hopefully you have everybody back and, and you have a healthy year next year, and also figure out okay, what's our identity going to be? What are, and and if you do make any acquisitions, if you do make any teams, all with the thought of how they fit around Jaron and John and Dennis because those those guys are the core and that's where the future is with this basketball team and so it, it's up to Zach Kleiman into the front office to figure out okay who do we want to put around these guys uh, and what are we going to learn from this year uh, as, as kind of a, a laboratory and and look they're guys are going to try to win I mean 
they're 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 built to win. They're they're wired to win, and, and you know they may not end in, end up in the play-in, but as we saw against the Golden State Warriors, they're going to play their butts off, and since, that's all you can ask for. Since you mentioned that sad story, the last game that Dejan Miljevic ever coached in was against the Grizzlies with Golden State. They went to a dinner in Utah. He had a heart attack that turned out to be fatal at the age of 46. Did you know him at all? Uh, any ties? Because he, by every account that I've ever read, what a gentleman. You know, I, I have not. He's one of the assistant coaches that I, I really had not crossed paths with. But uh, obviously it's, it's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. We experienced it with the Grizzlies. You know, all those years ago with, with Don Poyer, um, the yeah. game that they have with Dallas is, has been postponed as well. Uh, it, it's 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 a horrible, horrible thing because you know we're we're all in in a family situation. Um, he was widely uh, widely thought of not only in the NBA but on, on a global basis, and a number of Serbian players uh, have have been touched by his coaching ability. And and you may have seen the quote uh, Brandon Pajemski said, "Look." This this guy's changed my life not only as a basketball player but as a person. I saw it. Yeah, and um, it's it's a very 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 sad day and, and condolences to the Golden State organization because that that's a that's a horrible horrible loss. Yeah. Last thing for Pete, we appreciate your time today as you get ready for the game in Minneapolis tonight. Late by the way, nine o'clock game. Pacers Raptors trade. Uh, your assessment of the move that gets Pascal Siakam, I think, a really good player to Indy, which could make them a really good team. Yeah, I, I like it for for Indiana. I think it's it's a great deal for them, and I think finally Masai Ujiri in, in Toronto said, "Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna pretty much blow this up, and we're gonna we're gonna start over." Which unfortunately puts our, our good friend Darko Ryakovic in a in a difficult spot yeah. in Toronto, but. Uh, I think Indiana now is poised to to be a, a challenger in the Eastern Conference because they've got fantastic players. Obviously, Halliburton is has just grown into being one of the faces of the league and just a dynamic, exciting player. And you have a great coach in Rick Carlisle, and uh, I'm 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 thrilled for that fan base. Indiana is always one of my favorite places to go. It's a great building. It's a great organization, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled for what the future may well hold for them. Pete Pranica, big night for, for Memphis Hoops. They got the Tigers at 6. I get home in time to watch you at 9. Should be fun. Please be warm and safe. I'll do my best. And, and stay safe on the roads, everybody. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you. That is Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Grizzlies. He's brought to you in part by Ken. Ken Garland Custom Home Builders. Ken knows what a big deal, what a commitment it is you're making to either build that dream home or... Maybe it's all about renovation. I call it renovation with the innovation. It'll take your older home and put all the modern amenities in it. The the, uh, California closets, the granite tops, the uh, media room. You know you want that theater seating, the speakers in the wall. Ken knows. He knows how to do it. Or maybe you're looking for land to build a dream home. He's got it. Or if you're not sure how to utilize the land you may already have, he's got the knowledge. All you got to do is make the call. 751-1632. 751-1632. That's the number to the dream home or that new home from your old lot that you've been thinking about. Ken Garland can do it with Ken Garland Custom Home Builders. We'll pause for just a second. Then we're back. We talk NFL with Russell Copeland on Wallow and Friends. 
Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Once again, a reminder. It's really bad out there. It's really slick out there. I think it's going to snow around noon again or whatever that's spitting is that's kind of slick. So be careful. If you can stay home, I urge you. Stay home. In the meantime, we head south, and we talk with our friend Russell Copeland on the National Football League. The big news late last night, early this morning, is Mike McCarthy staying in Dallas. I thought after the game, the way Jerry Jones spoke or what he didn't say meant goodbye to Mike McCarthy, who's won a couple of NFC East, 12 wins in the regular season this year. Obviously disappointing first-round exit in the playoffs. Um, what are your thoughts? Were you shocked at all that he stayed? Well, well, Dave, no, I'm not shocked. And the reason why I'm not shocked, when you look at Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones did not hire Mike McCarthy to have 12-5 and five seasons. So in order to beat what Mike McCarthy has been able to do, it's going to take an outstanding coach. It's going to take a coach with a personality, a coach that can come in and be able to coach the team the way he wants to without the interference of Jerry Jones. And the two names that come in place is John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. And I don't think neither one of those two coaches wants to be able to deal with the personality. And if you look at meddling with what goes on, with the coaching staff, what goes on with the football team. And Jerry Jones, he's going to have his cake, and he's going to eat it too. And if he could not do it with Jimmy Johnson, who won two Super Bowls for him, and he could not coexist with Bill Parcells, he's not going to get another coach with that caliber to get better Hmm. than what Mike McCarthy has done the 12-5 and season. You think he reached out at all to Belichick or to Harbaugh? I do. I, I mean, I really do. I mean, why wouldn't you? If it was not him personally, I think maybe his sons did. But yes, but when you look at it, 12-5, and five, you have to have a big personality to beat that 12-5 and five and to get Jerry Jones what he wants. And for Jerry Jones to get what he wants, he's going to have to relinquish some of those the, the power that he has, and I don't think that he's willing to do that. There are openings in Atlanta, in Carolina, in Vegas, in L.A. with the, the uh uh, Chargers in Seattle, in Nashville, and in Washington. New England's filled. Out of those seven places, do you think Belichick, Harbaugh, and I'm going to throw in Mike Vrabel, who I think for sure is going somewhere, where do you think they end up if they end up in pro football? Well, well Dave, it's going to be really interesting when you talk about that coaching carousel. When you look at Mike Vrabel, I thought that he could be a good candidate uh, for the New England Patriots, but I definitely love the coach that they pick. I, I look at him maybe perhaps going to Washington. I think they need some stability there. When you look at Bill Belichick, you know, going to Atlanta, 
it's a question mark for me because I think he needs a quarterback. When you look at his last three, four years, he hasn't really had stability at the quarterback, and his career and his legacy were built with Tom Brady having a quarterback for a lot of years, uh, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Atlanta, that's a question mark for me. I look at the charges for 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 Jim. I mean, for yeah, for Jim Harbaugh and also for Bill Belichick. But they'll definitely land. You also got to look at Dan Quinn. Where does he fit in? You got Ben Johnson. You got Raheem Morris. Aaron Glenn has done a tremendous job, and also Mike McDonald for the Ravens. But I do think all of those coaches that we name will go to a team. But it's going to be really interesting to see how they fit with the team that they choose. What's the perfect fit for the Tennessee Titans? You, you know, that's a big question mark because right now they're rebuilding. And I think that you may have to get one of the younger coaches that have a brilliant mind to go and try to change. And you look at Dan Quinn. You know, Dan Quinn is an older coach. He may be able to go with the Tennessee Titans and fit that. But this is a rebuilding uh, organization, and it's kind of mind-boggling to look at them. A couple of years ago, they were the number one seed, and now they've let all their players go. They've let their head coach go. That, that's going to be really interesting to see. A lot of people are high on Ben Johnson, who, of course, is the mm-hmm. uh, offensive coordinator um, at Detroit. I, I, uh, he's going somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Ben Johnson is, and, and I think Aaron Glenn, also the defensive coordinator, yeah. uh, would get an opportunity. And and you look at Mike McDonald for the Ravens. I think he'll have an opportunity as well. And Raheem Morris may get his second stint to be a head coach. I think he's an outstanding coach for the Rams, defensive coordinator. But it's really going to be interesting because right now you want a coach that's going to come in, but he has to be on the same page as the general manager of sports draft and things of that nature. And I think that's the reason why Brable was let go or he did not want to no longer be under that type of ownership. Yeah. While we're all shocked about Dallas's departure first round of the playoffs, home field where they've been mm-hmm. brilliant, I think um, the the least understandable are the Philadelphia Eagles. At one time, they were the toast of the NFL, a 10-1. They mm-hmm. were talking about Jalen Hurts as the MVP. And then they lost five of six. Unfathomable. How did that happen? I think when you look at it, I think you have to start with the replacement of your offensive coordinators and offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, losing Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. I think the offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, and defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, I don't think they got the job done. When you look at them winning games earlier, they were winning games, but they had to come from behind. I don't think the team never galvanized. And honestly, on the defensive side of the football, when you look at the strengths of the Philadelphia Eagles, it's their front seven. Their front seven did not play up to part the last five or six games. From a defensive standpoint, all those big names that's on that defensive front, they finished almost dead last defensively. So if Nick Sirianni is going to, he has retained his job, but he's going to have to make some major changes with his coaching staff if the Eagles are going to get back to where they were last year and if he's going to keep his job. Um, I, I, I think it, it, if we look at last week and so many great games, the best one for me was the Rams and mm. the Lions. It, was, was that your favorite or, or do you have one? Yes, I, I mean, I think the Rams game was the most competitive game, but we've already kind of discussed it. I, I think when you look at the most intriguing game was the Packers and the Cowboys, but the competitive game that, that kept you on the edge of your seat definitely was the Rams and Lions at 23 and 24. Uh, that was the final score. And that that was incredibly physical. It looked like every time we looked up, mm-hmm. a Ram was getting hurt. I mean, Detroit comes to play, and I mean play with physicality. I, I mean, they definitely have the personality, the identity of their head coach, Dan Campbell. That was really a good 
good game. When you look at Sean McVay, you look at the change that has been made over the past couple of years, what a great coaching job that he did this year to even get his Rams into the playoffs. But I like this Lions team. This Lions team is a team that definitely you have to look at them on both sides of the football. They can run. They can play with physicality on the offensive line, defensive line. They can run the football. Uh, Jared Goff is definitely going to be the key, but right now he's playing at a very high level. All right. Um, C.J. Stroud. Unbelievable. Rookie quarterback picking apart the defense of the Cleveland Browns, one of the better defenses in the league, although Joe Flacco didn't do him any favors by throwing consecutive pick sixes. There was Jordan Love with the youngest team in the NFL, knocking off the Cowboys. Baker Mayfield and Tampa with the upset win, although it was Uh – at home, which was the best performance, do you think, by a quarterback in the playoffs last week? Well, well I think all three of those guys definitely played at a high level and propelled their teams to move on to the divisional round. But I'm going to say Jordan Love. And the reason why I say Jordan Love, you talked about him you know, having a young team, young weapons. Uh, but they played on the road. They were the only team that, that won on the road and going against the Dallas Cowboys team, a team that was a place that's very hostile. Dallas Cowboys have won eight straight games uh, this year, 16 straight games overall. Uh, good defense, good offense. I'm going to say Jordan Love, but but listen, Baker Mayfield has definitely resurrected his career. Oh, no. CJ Stroud uh, playing outstanding football. I mean, he has really had a superb rookie year, but just overall, I say Jordan Love because as a young quarterback, and what he's had to go through, replacing Aaron Rodgers, and to be able to take that team on the road to beat a Dallas Cowboys team, a number seven seed going into a number two seed, I'm going to say Jordan Love. Stroud is the rookie of the year, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the games this weekend. Divisional round. We go from eight to four, and we'll start with Houston at Baltimore on Saturday, where the Ravens, the Best team, I think, in the NFL. A nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home against that quarterback we were just talking about, C.J. Stroud. Well, well, when you're talking about the Texans, I don't think they're a surprise uh, anymore. You look at D'Amico Ryans and also Dan Campbell, I think they're going to be right there to be the coach of the year. But this is going to be a different task. This is a different animal. When you look at physicality, the Baltimore Ravens have that offensively and defensively. When you look at Lamar Jackson, he can run the football. He's throwing the football better. They can run it with Gus Edwards and Justin Hill. But I think the difference is now he can throw the football, has a plethora of receivers, Flowers, Odell, Bateman, Aguilar. I like the Ravens, but you cannot discredit the Texans. They're coming in to play. They're playing with a lot of confidence. And if the Baltimore Ravens cannot protect the football and play like they've been playing, See if they can get back to where they were before having a week off. The Texans will be right there. But I just think there's too many weapons, too much physicality on both sides of the football. Give me the Ravens. Green Bay at San Francisco. That's the second game on Saturday. The Niners, nine-and-a-half-point favorites, which seems a little high for that team because it's not always the most consistent team. I think that both can be. I think it can be said the same as I said for the Ravens and the Texans. You look at the physicality of the Niners, both sides of the football. I think it's going to really be an issue for this Green Bay Packers uh, defense going against Purdy. When you have the weapons, Christian McCaffrey, the personnel groupings that you'll see, IU, Debo Samuels, George Kittle, it's going to cause a lot of issues for that secondary. And when you look at defensively, I think Jordan Love is going to face a defensive front unlike what he faced against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you look at Young, you look at Armstead, you got Nick Bosa, 
Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and on the back end, Javarius Ward. I like the Packers. I mean, I like the Niners here in this game. I, I'm with you. Then there's Tampa at Detroit. First game on Sunday. Lions at home. Six and a half point favorites. Second playoff game in a week for those guys. That's hard to believe since they hadn't won a, a playoff mm-hmm. game since 91. Amazing. Uh, I think this Detroit team is really for real. I, I tell you what, Dave. Congratulations to Dan Campbell and the Lions organization. But this is going to be a really good matchup because they're so similar on both sides of the football. I, I think the difference is going to be how you control the clock. I know Jared Goff can throw the football. He has a plethora of weapons. But I think it's going to come down to Gibbs and Montgomery running the football, being physical. And on the other side of it, when you look at Baker Mayfield, can he continue? to play at a very high level, get the football out of his hands. Because when you see both of them, when they played early in the year, the Detroit Lions were able to put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield. He threw a couple of interceptions. He was not playing as well as he's playing now. But I think it's going to come down in the trenches. Whoever can run the football effectively and, of course, protect the football. I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. I'm, I'm with you, I, although I say this. I thought Baker Mayfield played the best game I've ever seen him play in a pro uniform last weekend. And finally, the premier game. Kansas City at Buffalo, and my gosh, there continues to be more lake effect snow in Buffalo. I saw on the Today Show this morning, like, it is unreal how much snow there is uh, on the land up there. That is really frozen tundra. Kansas City is the dog in this game. Your Bills, two-and-a-half-point favorites. What's going to happen on Sunday? Hey, Dave, this is definitely going to be worth the price of admission. And if you want to be the man, you've got to beat the man, and that's what— Josh Allen is going to have to do. Patrick Mahomes has been the man. He is the man to beat. I think the difference this year is that Patrick Mahomes is taking his team on the road for the first time in his career. He's not playing a home game. I like the Buffalo Bills, but it's going to come down to Josh Allen. Can Josh Allen protect the football? And when you look at when your career is over with and you look at your era, Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. If you want to get the Bills back to the Super Bowl or an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, he has to protect the football, and he has to be able to beat Patrick Mahomes. I love this matchup on both sides of the football. I'm going to give the Buffalo Bills because they're able to run the football effectively, and Josh Allen does not have the pressure that he's had before. And also with the Chiefs, they're not as explosive, Dave, as they have been in the past, and I think that can be a big difference when you don't have that difference maker at the wide receiver position going on the road. Give them the Bills in a very close game. Not only do they not have that explosive Tyreek Hill anymore, Travis Kelsey is just not the same guy. He dropped two or three passes last week. They Just too many drops for Mahomes. That's too tough. And in that weather, it'll be interesting. I tend to lean your way. Of course, Zach Boyd and I will make our picks tomorrow. Thank you so much, Russell. Stay safe. Don't go outside unless you have to. That's right. Thank you, Dave. See you next week, man. That's our guy, Russell Copeland, on the National Football League, brought to you in part by our title sponsor, Genesis of Olive Branch, right at the corner of Highway 78, Lamar, and the first exit in Mississippi, Craft Road, turn left. Go see Vinny, Vinny Gerard, and ask about the GV70 and the GV80, the SUVs with the luxury ride only at Genesis of Olive Branch. We take a quick timeout. When we come back, downtown we go. We'll talk with Jarvo in just a second. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Now back to Wallow and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. It is tricky out there. Please be careful. Let's head downtown. Drive the square all bundled up somewhere on Mud Island. What are those streets like down there? Have you been out at all in this stuff? Hey, Dave, it's uh, like a slip and slide. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, Similac Zach said, and it is exactly right. It's, it's starting to come down now, so it's just going to get worse. Yep. yep. But, you know, that's the way it goes. We're bundled up here at the, the estate, and uh, we're, not, we're not going to venture outside. If you are going to venture outside later, I think it's supposed to snow or keep this precipitation till about 1 today, mm-hmm. and then clouds yeah. only. Uh, temperatures mm-hmm. in the mid-30s, which means some melt could happen. So it might be a little bit better when you head down because it's a 6 o'clock game at FedEx yeah, Forum. Game it is. Uh, and that may be helpful to get down. Going back, it'll be slick as could be. That is for sure. Um, but this will be the first time the Tigers play as the number 10 team in the country, if my memory serves me correctly, Mr. Greer. Your yep. alma mater's highest ranking this late in the year since the great 08 team. Yeah, that's really something. And it's t- I think tonight's the sixth main game, too. It you know, is. Six main, come on out, and you, I think your students get a beer sign or something like There's that. There's a mystery There's gift for the first thousand people that go, too, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're pulling out the stops, but these were, these were already planned but even before this Weather hits, so like you know, there'll be some people that make it out. The brave souls that come out, and they will definitely be the sixth man for the Tigers tonight as they take on USF. Yeah, USF, um, they they got another new coach. They had Brian Gregory yeah. for a long time. This this is a new mm-hmm. guy. Uh, he's got a whole new roster, but that that that's exactly the way these college basketball goes these days. I I don't think. That Memphis has played an opponent this year that didn't have minimum six transfers. Look at Memphis; they got nine. I know. What 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 does Villanova have? Did they have a whole bunch of different uh, transfers on their on their team? You know what that that I is. Think they brought a few back. I didn't do that game, Michigan or Arkansas, because right, I was doing. Uh-huh. I was with you in Philadelphia. I missed yeah, those right. games. We watched them, but I really didn't do. Uh, the homework. So I, I'm. I know Villanova shot lights out, and that's what they uh, have built their premise on. Uh, and if you don't make threes, then you're not very good. But when you make them, when you you, make can, them, you yeah. can you can blow people away. Yeah, look at Memphis at Wichita, 19 threes. That's the school record by three. They blew the record away. Game, oh my How god, much that was fun. fun. Was that game? Uh, they had they they basically had almost a sellout. They was they had the black and gold, you know, everything. And it looked great on TV. It's always it, it, fun playing there, Javo. Memphis uh-huh. seems to play really good there. They've won seven in a row, and I think it's now nine of the last ten. Yeah, um, that's a tough place to play. Yes. Because they are really into the shockers there. But They really come out and support that team, which is which is great to see. And they still do. And, uh, you know, like that was a team that had a bunch of different transfers, too. Even right. the 08 team, yes, they, they, they're they a brand-new team, too, with a brand-new coach. Um, mm-hmm. And he came from Oral Roberts. And so the old Greg, Greg Marshall and Isaac Brown 
they all, all they all played slow down. This team mm-hmm. played fast, like Memphis, and it produced 63 points in the second half. I don't believe even the 08 team or the 86 team, because that's the last time the Tigers had back-to-back 100-point games was that 86 team. I don't believe either of those teams ever scored 63 and a half. 63 and one half? Are you kidding? No. No. I think the team way back in the 70s, when I was in school there, that John Gunn, uh, James Bradley team, they had a couple of they had a couple of uh, games where they scored a lot of points, but I don't think they ever did 63 and a half. So, no, that and that was like, okay, somebody's going to blink. That's what my wife said. Somebody's going to blink in this game. Cause, but they went the first seven minutes and nobody missed a shot. And oh, so there was, no, there was no timeout. There was no go to the bench, you know, no free throw. Everybody, they just hit. Everybody was hitting. And this is not going to last. And it didn't for the Shockers, and it did. But it even got better for Memphis in the second half. Well, that was just crazy. That first of all, the, those first seven or eight minutes, that were, there were thirteen lead changes and seven ties. I, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that kind of pace and that kind of offensive proficiency. Then the second half, let's face it, that was David Jones' time. I the, yeah. the guy had thirteen points in two minutes and thirty nine seconds. Well, he's an All American, and it's like. Uh, even though he's from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, he's an all-American player here. And uh, he has really shown, proven to be, you know, one of the top transfers, you know, in the uh, in the country. And, uh, you know, he'll be, I think he's in the driver's seat for player of the year in this league. And uh, he's getting mentioned. And he get on a watch list, Wooden Award yeah, watch list. He's, a, he's on the final 25 for the for the Wooden Award. Yeah, yeah. So Memphis is in good hands with these guys and, you know, I was glad to see you know Jaquan Walton going back home, having a great game. And oh, yeah. Boy, he he had been in such a slump after getting off to a really good start to his career as a Tiger. And but man, if those things drop, look out. Look. I I think uh, in the last three or four games, he's shooting sixty three percent from three point range. That's just crazy. I, and, uh, after yeah, well, he was shooting like eighteen percent, so yeah, it'll it'll average out around you know forty five percent is crazy. That's, you know, but if he if he gets down somewhere around thirty seven thirty eight percent for the year, I'll be happy. I'll be definitely satisfied. Speaking of crazy stories, GG Jackson, are we jumping the gun? Is this like Lynn's sanity a couple of years ago? Is this guy really? Because we, we just saw Vince Williams, and you know right. he's got a lot more sample to him. Mm-hmm. And he got a hell, hell of a deal for the Grizzlies if he's the guy that we think he's going to be. And I, I yeah, kinda, three years, I, I think, Yeah, I think we, we've seen enough of him to, to believe he's – because he, he plays on real defense. But G.G. Jackson has averaged over 20 the last two games, and he's only playing because your top four players are out. Um but yeah, the, are we the jumping whole, the gun on him, or do you think this is a real deal story? Well, the whole premise on him was to bring him along slowly, you know, let him play with the hustle down in South Haven in the G League, and you know, let him get his feet, you know, wet as a as a professional because he is the youngest player in the NBA. He hasn't been 19 for a month yet, 19 years old. Yeah, and uh, you know, he hadn't gotten his man muscles yet. He's still, uh, but he's got the frame to put on, you know, an extra 10 pounds. He's already solid at 210, 6'8", 6'9", 210, and uh, he's solid. He, just think of him another 10, 15 pounds as, as he goes along. But he has a skill set that has everybody's mouth watering. You know, he can get his shot. He can put the ball on the floor and get to the hole. He's got a pull-up jumper. It looks like he can shoot from range. Now, now what is he, 8 for 12 
<laughs> so, something team, crazy, and, and he gave girls. credit to the hustle shooting coach for yeah. making him a better shooter. Well, you know, and he was only shooting, you know, the larger sample size is with the hustle, and he was only shooting 31% from downtown when he was at South Haven. But, uh, you know, his, his stroke looks good. There's nothing wrong with his stroke, and he gets it up quickly. And it's a high archer. It's impossible to block. Uh, he's an athlete. He's a dunker. And, uh, you know, he's one of the one of the few reasons left to be excited about the Grizzlies the rest of the season to watch and see his development along with uh, Vince Williams. Those, it's really funny how, you know, the top half of the draft for the Grizzlies is iffy, but the bottom half looks like they, they scored two real hits. And, uh, you know, G.G. Jackson's future is ahead of him. We think we know that Vince Williams is a player just from, you know, he's got a much larger sample size. And look who he's taking on, K.D., uh, LeBron taking on uh, uh, several of the guys from Phoenix that were really good uh, playing against the Clippers, and he is you know playing against uh, uh, Steph Curry with Golden State. You know Steph Curry scored on him a few times, but also he frustrated Steph Curry several times. So uh, you know he's he's played against the the names and he's taken them on willingly and and had some success. So I think they've uh, done real well in the second half of the draft. With those yeah, two. I think I think he's mad at Curry because he he wouldn't let him go to his camp for whatever happened in, in, in Columbia, South Carolina. Last thing yeah. real quick. You got a minute. Uh, it looks yeah. like uh, Amazon Prime video is going to bail out Bally's. Really, it's Diamond Sports. Uh, mm-hmm. that That is the company that runs Bally's, that owns Bally's. Do you think we'll be watching the Grizz on Prime Network next year? Um, well, it looks like where it's headed. You know, I'm a DirecTV customer, and I get the Grizzlies off of that. But uh, my wife has that Amazon Prime, so, you know, we'll be able to get it. But it's like, you know, it's just something, it's just a different way to look at it. And that's kind of where everything is going. I'm glad they got bailed out because I think that means, you know, Pete Brevin and the gang will be, you know, will still be able to hear them over the air and watch them and, and, and do the games. But um, everything is changing. It's either that or you're going to have to go back to what the Grizzlies tried to do at the beginning, you know, do their own thing. And that didn't really... They didn't really go over well. That's what Grind City Media was started for, actually, to get their own network, kind of like Altitude. Right. And uh, what the Nuggets have and MSG that uh, the Knicks uh, use and that Yes Network and all that stuff. But that's really hard to do in a small market. So anything that's going to help keep them on the air and uh, hopefully keep it fairly affordable, I'm all for. There you go. That's Jarvis Greer. Stay safe downtown, my friend. We'll talk next week. All right, have a good call tonight, Dave. I'm going to try, I promise. Thank you. That's Jarvo. He's brought to you in part by Southern Security. That's your home team credit union. Perfect for Jarvo because, you know, Jarvo's all U of M. These guys are proud sponsors of the U of M athletic department. And Dawn Grader keeps getting this company bigger and bigger and bigger. 70 years now, Southern Security has been serving the Mid-South with unbeatable rates, low fees, the best of service, and all the new technology. And they're getting bigger, as I mentioned. They just broke ground in Collierville. Brand new building, speaking of new technology that will be unbelievable. If you're a business owner, Southern Security is perfect for you. In need of an auto loan, I'm telling you, Southern Security. You want better benefits with a credit card? Southern Security. And they they make it easy for you. They can handle all of your business banking needs with the best rates and They'll even talk to you on the phone. Who does that? 901-452-7900. Talk to one of the team members, or you can visit southernsecurity.org. Southern Security, for 70 years now, your home team, credit 
Union. That'll do it for me. I'm going to navigate these streets home, then navigate down to FedEx Forum. Hope I see you as the sixth main. That'll be tonight at FedEx Forum at 6 o'clock. Please be real safe out there. See you tomorrow.